Hello, everyone, and welcome to Rethinking Humanity Interviews. We are live. I am in Atlanta, Georgia. I am Lacey Delane, and I am here with Sonia. Hi. I'm Sonia Lorea. I am in Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville, Kentucky. And this girl has been on a road trip recently, so that's why she's not in Atlanta. Yeah. Sonia, how's that been going? And uh, and how how is Louisville? It's cool. Um, I have been to so many places. Let's see, uh, Cheyenne, Wyoming. Uh, I was in Missouri, just all over the country. It's been a lot of fun. Um, everyone's super nice. Most of the places are wearing masks, but not everywhere. So mm -hmm. I don't go into the places that aren't. But yeah, it's cool. It's really yeah. fun. Yeah. And you left from Atlanta and drove all the way to California. And then yeah, absolutely. Now. Yeah. And yeah. so one of the goals that I had Lacey and going to all these places is to visit bookstores. I bought about 15 books, um, go to coffee shops, bookstores. So that's been a goal. That's so, cool. Yeah. It sounds right up the alley of our, our, um, our theme of our episode today, um, which we are so excited to have Kateri Ransom and Megan Brooks from the Yang Gang Book Club with us today. Our theme um, that we'll be talking about with them in just a little bit um, is the role that books and reading can play in rethinking humanity. So we're really excited about that. Um, so I think, you know, based on what you're saying, you've been doing on your road trip, mm -hmm. I think it would be a good match for us, this interview. It's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. Well, um, first, before we get too far into this, we want to uh, welcome everybody again. Thank you for being here. We invite you to comment um, and just participate in the conversation as much as you would like um, and as much as you can. Our awesome technical producer, Victor Ho, is in the background. He's doing all the magic behind the scenes. Yay. And um, as much as we can get your com comments on the screen and also work them into the conversation, we will. Um, so just want you to know uh, that we are appreciative of your uh, interaction and, and we encourage that. So, um, Sonia, you've also posted some uh, pictures to our Instagram, our new Instagram page. Absolutely, yeah. 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 I've tried to do some scenic ones. Um, I did some, I was in a really cool bookstore in LA called The Last Bookstore. Phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Go. It's huge. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, I was in like four in New Orleans. Uh, just wherever, wherever I'm at, I was trying to remember. I think there's another one I posted from uh, Las Vegas. Yeah, that was really, really cool. Yeah. And yeah, from all over, all over, yeah. That's pretty cool, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's awesome that you took some time to kind of practice the being mode of existence on the road, um, oh, yeah. kind of what we talk about in the podcast. And just also, you know, just take some time to kind of slow down and see what's around us um, in this nation and in this country. That's pretty cool, man. I commend you for taking the time to do it. Yeah. Um, one of the things I think you and I talk about a lot is having meaningful conversations and connecting mm. with people. So a story I'll tell you, I was in Santa Barbara, found a bookstore. Um, the owner or one of the people that worked there started talking to me about just general subjects about what's going on in the world, recommending books. So I think mm -hmm. it's a completely different conversation than, say, all the online stuff that we typically all do. You're, you know, yeah. it's a one-on-one -on -one and you're having some really good, um, good talks mm -hmm. with people out there, you know, connecting with people. 
That's what it's all about, man. And we actually mentioned that on our, our last episode. Um, one of the things that we talked about in our, you know, solidarity versus anta- antagonism from the last chapter of Eric Fromm's To Have or To Be was that the thing that we all really want really is that connection and the shared experiences as human beings. That's really how we're fueled to continue to, to live and to be happy and to be thriving human human beings. And as we've talked about on past interviews and bonus content episodes about, you know, um, the social dilemma and social media and how that all plays a role, as crazy as it might sound, because we are human beings, that connection is getting harder and harder mm-hmm. um, to get. And so what we hope to perpetuate is like the awareness that let's let's be as human as we are and and let's take advantage of these opportunities to connect as much as we can and so it's what's cooler than doing that like Mm -hmm. on the road yeah absolutely and i think you'll find that the majority of people like having connection and conversation they really i think we're living in a time that people feeling isolated or alienated so um they look forward to having those talks so i know you Mm -hmm. and i are big advocates of that so Let's yeah, make we it happen. Yeah, we are. Well, uh, before we jump in with Kateri and Megan, I want to mention um, that I think we're really all really excited. Uh, the Rethinking Humanity team that we are now in the double digits. We just did our tenth yeah. episode. Yay! We started the uh, podcast in April of this year, and I think we well certainly the intention was let's give this thing a go, see how it goes, see if we like it, see if people like it. And uh, the response has been great, which we're very thankful for. And especially the last three episodes, our uh, listen oh, yeah. count has been much higher than it has been. So, and we've also got some feedback from um, friends and people who've listened and listened before and now listen again, who've said, hey, you guys uh, are really coming into your own with this thing. It's sounding even better and better. So if you haven't listened um, in a minute, oh, if you listen. Like, Yes, if you listen to like episode one or two and you haven't listened to the latest ones, listen to one of the latest episodes because I do think we're kind of finding our groove a little bit more with it. And, you know, at the end of the day, Sonia, you know this about me from, you know, the last couple of years with Yang Gang stuff, but I'm like, let's have fun. And that's the most important part. And I think that uh, I think we're doing that and we're learning as we go. Yes, we are. Um, We're having a great time and I think people will enjoy it. They're awesome topics of conversation and we're going to keep doing it. Yes, we are. Yay. I'm glad that you are uh, deciding to come back to Atlanta <laughs> and, not, <laughs> and not stay gone. So, well, yeah, cool. I will be back. so I am um, excited to bring in our guests for this episode of Rethinking Humanity Interviews, Kateri Ransom and Megan Brooks. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Welcome. Hello. Hi. Thanks for having us. Yeah. How are you ladies doing? You guys are on the West Coast, so it's a little different than East Coast. Oh. I'm on the East Coast. Oh, my, oh, my, oh, my bad. My bad. <laughs> Did you, were you on the West Coast before though? Or am I mistaken? No, no I'm totally no. mistaken. My bad. My apologies. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I'm in Santa Barbara, though, so I guess I just oh. missed Sonia. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. I should have told you. Shoot. Yeah. 
I have to ask what bookstore you went to because I know most. I of have them. to look at the look at the name because what I do is I'll get there and I'll just start researching. And mm -hmm. I, when I stumbled, I love you, your stories earlier of just finding these places. I just like to find out away places, but I'll get you the name. I promise. Okay. <laughs> cool. 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 So before we get into our theme today, which is the role that books and reading can play in Rethinking Humanity. I want to give you ladies an opportunity to talk a little bit about Yang Gang Book Club, kind of how you got started, um, what your goals are with it, and just, you know, to speak to us as though we're an audience of people who really don't know a whole lot about about the Yang Gang Book Club. Um, start. So let's start there. Okay. We love telling our origin story. <laughs> I think it's your turn, Megan. Oh, yes. Okay. Um, so the Yang Gang Book Club started the day that Yang, Andrew Yang, uh, dropped out of the presidential race. Mm. Um, all of us were very upset. <laughs> we had so much energy, and now it's like, okay, where do we put this energy? Um, yeah. And I saw two separate tweets. Uh, one person was saying, hey, uh, we should all get a book club together and read Maid because at the time Evelyn was reading Maid um, and Stephanie Land had gotten super excited about it. And then there was a separate tweet that was super blowing up, going viral within the Yanking. Um, and that was uh, Kateri's. Um, that was Kateri's uh, tweet that was just blowing up. And I had gotten into a group chat with uh, some separate people and then someone commented on Kateri's and they were like, hey, do you wanna link up? So that way we have like one central thing that we're doing. Uh, so it was myself and Kateri and um, one of the other original co-founders, her name is Natalie. She doesn't help us anymore, but she, I do wanna mention her cause she did help out a lot at the beginning. Yeah. Um, we all kind of were taking it a little bit more seriously than everyone else in the chat was. We were like, no, let's make this thing big. <laughs> like we're thinking like Oprah, we're thinking recently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, you get a book, you get a book, you get a book. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, and, and I think it was, I, I don't know. I, we all just kind of felt there was this incredible energy and that a book club could really help. Um, you know, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, but like books are incredible resource. Um, yeah. and so we got together and we started planning. We got our little YouTube video up as our little like <laughs> beginner. And then a, um, and I'm putting this part in cause this is what really blew it up. But Kateri, um, got asked to do an interview with, um, uh, what magazine was it? L magazine. L magazine. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, um, a journalist there reached out to her and interviewed her and they did a great piece and mm -hmm. Evelyn Yang read it. <laughs> like she just happened to come across it um, and tweeted about it. And overnight wow. we gained like a couple thousand followers. Um, mm -hmm. Andrew Yang followed us. Uh, so this yeah. like, time book club we were planning on having kind of blew up overnight. Um, and then COVID happened. Uh, and everybody kind of needed like a, a community even more. They needed yeah. something to do. <laughs> Everyone was bored. Uh, so yep. we had, uh, we started out our YouTube channel and it mm -hmm. was very, very new to both uh, me and Kateri. <laughs> it's very new to us um, being YouTubers. Um, but it was just this incredible community that came out of it. And then it just keeps getting bigger. Like we've interviewed some incredible authors, um, 
uh, we had like an incredible interview with like Scott Santons with about UBI. Um, we got mm -hmm. Teresa Finicciello who wrote um, Tyranny of Kindness to do her first Ooh, interview in decades. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just been this like super incredible experience. Um, mm -hmm. But basically mm -hmm. we read, we pick a book every month and we read it. We encourage everyone to read it. Um, mm -hmm. And then we have, um, like a, a live stream at the end of every month with the intent of like covering the book well enough so that if you didn't read it, you mm -hmm. know what it's about. So that's kind of our, our little origin story. <laughs> so what what number book are you on right now? <laughs> uh oh, I stumped you. I'm stumped you, I'm sorry. <laughs> I think you're on seven. Okay, okay. I, I love the fact that this was birth after the end of the campaign, because I got to be honest with you guys, that was hard. I mean, obviously, right? But yeah. wow, was it hard. And so I'm so proud that you guys said, hey, we got to take like the energy that we still have, even though it's so, the energy is pain right now. There's just pain. Mm -hmm. We got to <laughs> do something positive with this because wow, that was hard for so many of us. I mean, it was like so unexpected. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah. wow, who knew that that was going to happen when it happened? So I love it that, that that it was birthed out of that. And honestly, you know, it relates so well to the theme of Andrew's campaign, which was basically think harder, you know, like mm -hmm. that's basically what it boils down to. And so I would, I can't imagine that people who enjoy Yang wouldn't enjoy the book club, you know, like it, it fits to me. It makes perfect sense. I have a question for you guys. Um, Megan, you were saying it started out this small idea. Let's do a book club. And then when it blew up, did you feel pressure? Did you feel nervous? Like how did you guys react to that change? It wasn't, I don't think we ever felt nervous because we're both incredibly passionate about books. Um, I, Kateri and I, it was like, there's always, I feel like there's always been this invisible string connecting the two of us. And we just had to reach the point where we met because we're very similar. We both have degrees in English. We both, we're like, we're like the opposite coast versions of each other. So I tell her all the time. Um, but like, I mean, we just have this incredible passion and we have fun. Like we have so much fun together earlier. You guys were saying like, when you have fun with it, yeah. you know, and so sometimes it is a little nervous, like when we're interviewing, like when we interviewed Scott Santons, like yeah. <laughs> we're a little nervous, <laughs> um, you know, but. Go ahead, yeah. I think like um, we had this envision that it would be, even though we were saying big, like we were still also thinking very much Yang Gang, even though we also wanted to use it as a way, as an initial thought was use it as a way to grow the movement, grow the yanging, or just make bridges to other movements. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think probably a reason why there was, like, we didn't feel like too stressed about it because we just had this envision of like a bunch of people who already had their, maybe their local yang gang being like, yeah, let's just like join this book club. Mm -hmm. uh, and it just felt, it just felt like a very natural thing, mm -hmm. the next step. So I think, you know, yeah. we just kind of felt like, you know, obviously a book club still not going to be for everybody, but the gang gang is really big. And like, there's, you know, there's definitely mm -hmm. um, potential there for, for people just kind of like getting on board. So 
I love yeah. what you're saying because what I hear you saying is you're so passionate about it that, that the goal was to do this. So it wasn't like we need this number of followers or we need this. It was just mm -hmm. you wanted to do it. And I think that comes through in what you're yeah. saying. That's awesome. It it sounds like uh, your, your uh, inspiration for it is very much intrinsic and it's like the being mode of existence, the way you're doing it. You're doing it from the being mode because you just enjoy it and you just want to do it. And so it's not like, oh, we want to be like a recognized or we want a number mm -hmm. of, of followers. Mm -hmm. or we don't. That doesn't matter. That part just comes with time. But you and I and I think that's where you get the most enjoyable content anyway. It's like that's why I'm always like, let's enjoy ourselves because people enjoy it when you're enjoying what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Mm -hmm. it's yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> so again, Kateri. It's just been fun so far. So it's like, yeah. yeah that's exactly and right. I think that really does help with the, the nerves too, because you're like, I'm just having fun, you know? <laughs> what about oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I feel very similar in what we're doing with our podcast in, in that it's like, I I'm not trying to like, I don't have some ex, uh, exterior goal other than to enjoy what we're doing and, you know, talk about these ideas that we are so passionate about. So it's a similarity in the, like the passion, you know? Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. it's authentic. And that comes through, I think when you're being, you know, honoring your true self, what you really love doing. So I just mm -hmm. commend you. I commend you for that. Cause I'm a book lover too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, and I are both, English majors. Um, and so we kind of joke that like, you know, like our goal is to basically get paid to be an English major in the future. <laughs> like, we feel like it felt like it, it was a return for me. I had, it's like my, two years after, after graduating. So after being done with that whole thing and then not really, in, you know, English majors, like it, it, there's so much that you learn that is applicable, but there's nothing that is quite the same at the same time. Like you don't, it's so hard to get a job where you're just paid to like read and take read. notes and like reports and like, you know, and like, so that's, that's the part that we love the most other than like the community aspect. Sure. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Hi James. James just uh, posted uh, a little smiley Facebook glasses. So yes, all of the nerdy folks here say hello to the other nerdy. <laughs> we love being nerds around here. Yes. Uh, so talk a little bit about, the bookshop. I think this is kind of a new thing that you guys are doing and I think it's cool and I want to help promote that. So can you talk a little bit about that too? Sure. Um, yeah. So uh, we like originally we had this idea of like we would use Amazon um, as kind of a like, you know, use Amazon to fund people trying to promote UBI. <laughs> Uh -huh. thing, you know, because we're one of our big, you know, one of our big things we do care about, obviously, is UBI. Um, yeah. But that's just shifted. And we're just like, you know, we want to support, we want to support indie books more than we want to do that is as like, cool as that sounds. Um, yeah. So there is a place called it's actually, um, we had Eric Holthouse on. He is a climate change activist. And so we read his book, The Future Earth. And it was during I believe it was during our conversation with him that he mentioned bookshop.org and so we looked into it mm -hmm. and so bookshop.org is is online all of the books are pretty much all of them at a discount um i think probably to compete with amazon because they obviously don't have like prime shipping 
but mm. um, really good prices for books. And every book you buy, uh, bookshop.org themselves supports indie bookstores um, around the country. And so mm -hmm. that already was amazing. And so we just started using them. And then we found out that they actually have an affiliate program. So we're now, we now have a shop with them. And so you can go and search our library, which is not only the books that we've read, but um, any kind of extra books. So you can see Crisis 2038. That was the sort of extra book that we had, a bonus book mm -hmm. we had. Um, we did UBI month. And then yeah. we also recently had Jim Steyer on, which it's on the screen now, but it had a, which side of history is a, his book that just came out and we just interviewed him right there. Yeah. Okay, which is cool. to do with, with tech. And, you know, we did, we did the conversation with the social dilemma and he was right. not a contributor to that, but he's absolutely, uh, he wasn't on that program, uh, Jim Steyer, but he's absolutely a part of the fight. And, uh, Cool. Media. So anyway, so yeah, it's a it's a really cool thing, and not only does that support us, mm. but we actually have the option to tie like our account to one specific bookstore. So mm -hmm. Trevor, who's a part of our team, he's from Seattle, and mm -hmm. he he had done all the work with this, so he recommended Pegasus Books in Seattle, Washington, and so that's our first. Thing. So if you cool. click our links, you will support us and you will also support an indie bookstore. That's so cool. Guys, let's stop buying that. books from Amazon. <laughs> let's start buying books yeah. from bookshop. Support Yang Gang Book Club. Support <laughs> local bookstores. This is brilliant. This is like a no-brainer. It's a win-win-win-win. Win. Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we win. The win, win, win. win. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Yes. Very, very cool. Well, I am super proud of what you guys are doing and uh, to have you here. Just like, it's so cool to hear the story of how this all came about and, um, you know, be here chatting and also to chat about how our two worlds kind of can collide. And so we're on the same page, I think, obviously, when it comes to basic income, and certain things that we all supported for uh, Andrew Yang's campaign. Um, and I think we're all on the same page when it comes to thinking about ways that we can think about how we do life differently. They'll be better for everybody. And so that's what we kind of wanted to come together and talk about tonight is how, how, do, how can books play a role in rethinking humanity and building a world that better facilitates us as human beings. So I'm just gonna throw it out there. Let's just have some fun talking about this. <laughs> what, what do you guys think? What's the first thing that kind of comes to mind when, when you think of like, you know, how does reading impact the world basically? That's what it boils down to. Yeah, um, so I'll say what first came to my mind, I think we all get so used to hearing knowledge is power, knowledge is power. But it's only power if you actually like apply that knowledge. You can have all of this knowledge in your brain. Um, but if you don't do anything about it, mm. what power do you really hold? Um, yeah. So with books, you just have this incredible like ability to take that knowledge um, that you're learning from people who have been through this, who have already done these things, mm. and then apply them to even just your little corner of the world. Uh, so that's kind of the first thing that just popped into my mind is that like knowledge is power, but only mm. if you apply it. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think we've been throwing that phrase around a lot recently. I think especially because it's um, 
voting time. I voted today. Yeah. Yay! Um, and um, <laughs> uh, we actually ran this great uh, Y Vote campaign, and that was two things to make it. Shout out. Uh, we're going to drop that. Watch out for our tape for Tuesday uh, coming up for this. Oh, okay. So that's just something that was on our mind is, um, is knowledge is power. Um, and so, you know, when we started this as Yang Gang Book Club and like UBI was great, we were like, okay, so let's have UBI month and then read a bunch of other books about a bunch of other things the rest of the year, you know? And um, so that, that was really important to us is the idea of, you can't just create this, like, I'm just gonna be passionate about this one thing and um, and just cut yourself off from, you know, all sorts of types of knowledge. Um, mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. that's at least the stance we take, you know, that it's important to, to care about everything. And so, you know, like this month we're reading our first fiction book. Um, so it's been fun to like, up until now we've been reading books all about that are nonfiction, that are mainly about the world and people, you know, telling these stories about um, either history or like economics or uh, climate change, you know, these things that are just more technical, I guess, you know, that just affect your your daily lives. But then today, we're, I mean, today, this month, we're reading a fiction book that is about zombies. I guess I'll hold up, why, why not? I'll hold up the book. Yeah. Gonna say is that like even fiction you can really kind of see the real life that shines through um mm. you know so we meant this to be kind of like like a light read and yet as you're reading it you're like oh my gosh this is what it feels like to be living during covid and it <laughs> but it kind of like you know just like a, a little wow peek peek but it's like the resilience i feel like through fi through this fiction book like one of the things i've learned is that like human beings are resilient and it, it we're so resilient that it even shows through in our fiction it's not just mm -hmm. not that you can learn from like you take mm -hmm. this fiction book and you read about the resiliency of people <laughs> you know and i just kept thinking about you know like this time is really hard like what we're all going through as a nation collectively like this mm -hmm. traumatic experience in more than one way and yet we've gotten through so many other things. Um, and I mean, we're only thinking like of our country, but the whole world in general has gone through so much and, and we always make it through. And I feel like that's like this like hopeful thing. And you kind of like take that hope and you carry it with you throughout the rest of like, you know, your, your life and all the other aspects of life. And you kind of, other people can kind of feel that hope, which is mm -hmm. kind of cool. Cause you wouldn't think so from a fiction book, but you can learn a lot. Yeah. I'm always amazed. There's a, I don't read a lot of fiction. Uh, Sonia and I are like nonfiction girls for real. Uh, but there's a, a, a fiction book that I'm reading right now. It's called Shantaram. It's by Gregory David Roberts and it's incredible. And I'm always amazed when I put the book down and it takes me a while to put it down. <laughs> I'm like, wow, I just learned so much, but I didn't read nonfiction. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I, I, I hear you guys talk about that um, resonates with me is uh, the empathy. When you're reading, you can connect, you know, with the author and the experience mm -hmm. or things that you haven't experienced or you have. And I think that's an important part of what you're saying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think like 
for me, or I, should, I can kind of speak for both of us because we're very, like you said, we're very similar. We both mostly read fiction before this book club. So this was like, this was our own journey. This is totally our, our own adventure, reading knowledge adventure. And so going, uh, switching things up so drastically for the two of us reading so much nonfiction and then kind of, not that I still read some fiction in between, but it was majority nonfiction and I had never done that before. Um, and so going back to something that felt like home was really nice, but there was, it was way more powerful than I thought it was going to be because it was just like this sense of, Hey Manny. Manny. Um, so yeah, I think, I think getting to the idea of empathy, you know, you can have all these facts and that's, there's power in that, but there's something that nonfiction can't do. I mean, memoir is the in-between, so we'll, Mm -hmm. we'll put memoir side (laughs) but um there's something that you know nonfiction can't do which is that just that humanity and the story that you you get from Mm. uh of from reading a a fiction from reading a novel and a a story that it's just it's this not quite the same and so to me there's Mm. almost sometimes a a greater call to action when you read a novel because if it's a good novel, if it touches you, you know, obviously sometimes you have to find the right book. But um, but so far, you know, like especially with Dread Nation, that definitely did the trick. Like, you know, like you you it's like that, it's like, you know, why we watch movies where you get that feeling of just like this ultimate connection and, and you just like it creates a space in your heart almost like in your soul that you you know you can't forget. And I think more often nonfiction struggles to do that. So it's, I think it's so great to have a balance. Sure. Mm-hmm. How do you pick the book, for instance, Dread Nation? How did you guys decide? Did someone recommend that? Did you guys do your research? What? Um, so it, it's kind of, we do take like recommendations. Um, we definitely like the input, but then sometimes like, like for example, this month, we just felt like everybody was kind of getting, bogged down emotionally (laughs) Um, and so we wanted something lighter Um, and we also really wanted because so far pretty much all of our authors were white men or white women and so and I mean it was by accident um, but we it was something that we noticed and so we wanted definitely like an author of color um, and then like Dread Nation, Kateri found, and it just seemed so perfect because it also features a female of color as the main character, um, mm. which I said like a while ago, I I never really read a lot of fiction with a girl that doesn't necessarily look like me, uh, which mm. is bad. I think we need to read so many different aspects. Um, if I'm only reading about characters that look like me, like mm. how am I ever going to know any more about the world? Um, you know, and so Kateri found this one. So this one was all her. And she was like, what do you think about this? And I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't really like zombies. <laughs> Not like a big zombie person. <laughs> I would have said the same thing for the record. <laughs> I, just, I don't know. I find it cheesy. But this isn't cheesy at all. Like, um, and I would tell you if I thought it was because I'm not yeah. being paid for this, you know, so like. <laughs> um, but no, like, it's not cheesy. And I, you know, I, I think it's like, it's it's so good, guys. I actually bought the sequel. The sequel? <laughs> I wow. had to know what happened. <laughs> and I read this whole thing in like two days. Oh my um, God. Wow. I, 
full-time grad school classes too. So like I was staying up late. Like, oh my God, you weren't sleeping. <laughs> I needed to know. Um, but I will say one of the things I thought about, you know, Kateri was saying this has been kind of like a, a journey for us reading all of these nonfiction books. I kind of felt like almost more empathetic towards the fictional characters because I had all of this real world knowledge. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's almost like my mind and heart were like, I know sometimes too much knowledge can make your heart kind of hard. Yeah. Um, you can feel mm. jaded. But I almost felt like for the first time, instead of reading to be like, wow, there's so many problems and feeling overwhelmed, mm. I was reading to change the world instead. Hmm. And so it was almost like, I'm not reading so that I know what's happening and I can't do anything about it. I'm reading so I know what's happening, so I know what I can do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it almost felt more relieving <laughs> in a That's way. Empowering. To yeah, yes. it, was, it was very empowering. Yes. I remember we were reading, I have it here. We were reading This is an Uprising which I think high schoolers should be reading this in their curriculum. It is wow. so good. It's basically a manual um, for nonviolent revolution um, and creating a mo creating movements, how to create a movement, how to make the movement actually change. And I, I, would, I was like talking forever about this to Kateri. That was like one of our longest live streams. We went for like two and a half hours. <laughs> like it was... It, we gave like a chapter by chapter rundown oh, wow. um, because cool. I just, I read this and I felt so empowered. I was like, oh my gosh, there are things we can do. Like we mm. can do stuff. Um, and so it, I, instead of walking away from these kind of like, oh man, I can't do anything. Instead, I felt like incredibly mm. empowered. And then I felt like my, I felt more empathetic, which sometimes yeah. can be very draining. Um, and so I went to the, like our fiction book and I felt like I connected with the characters even more because I was like, well, of course they're going through this because all of this happened. <laughs> like, this is what mm. happens in history and this is what people are going through. So yeah. it's like, almost like it created a bigger sense of empathy. Um, I, I, oh, sorry, Lacey. No, I was go. just going to say, I saw that James posted about decompressing and I'm going to have to agree with you guys because I yes. do love the nonfiction, but on this trip, I've been reading some fiction because it's almost like I can only do so much of that nonfiction data, you know? And yes. then I have to put that aside and read something that will be not as stress related. But again, like you said, you can learn a lot through the novels. So both yeah. of those are good to do. I agree. I think that, that, well, that's mostly when I read the fiction is before, like going to bed. Yeah. And so it's nice, it, it, it unwinds, but now, you know, as I'm listening to you too, I'm like, man, maybe I need to make that more of a priority in my, you know, reading and in the reading that I do. Yeah, I think um, as like, I think you say as English majors, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of in book club as an English major. It's just like a really <laughs> stressful book club. for <laughs> it. Um, and so you're, you're forced to like sit there and like, go into the text, into the quotes so deeply in a way that I don't really even do that much on my own. Like, um, and it, like I said, it was nice having this like return to that um, in a way, even though we weren't reading, we haven't read mostly fiction, but, um, but there's just this, you know, kind of getting to the topic of like rethinking humanity, I think, you know, there's this like kind of something missing, I think with, 
with fiction and, and the way that, you know, it tends to be marketed, um, mm -hmm. where it, you can tell that it's just pushed towards this like entertainment value kind mm -hmm. of a thing. And then literary fiction, there, there is that, but, um, you know, you can find that kind of like that, that type of you know writing that is supposed to stretch your mind more and that, that exists in, in literary fiction, but it's just, the marketing's not there. Um, so you have to like join a book club if you want to, but then, you know, if, if, if you're someone who's like trying to change the world, you're like, well, what does that really give me if I'm just sitting around just talking about these characters? Like, where is that going? So I feel like it is sort of like, we're trying to find that balance where, you know, we do poetry as well. Um, mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, so all of the, all of these things I think combined is like the perfect cocktail of, of being yeah. able to, you know, sometimes you do just need to compress, but then mm -hmm. maybe you can also have a space where some of that literature that provided that for you can also help you think, yeah, just think harder, just, you know, relate to other people, see things from a different yeah. perspective, all sorts of stuff. Maybe, maybe maybe some compassion too. I love what you're saying though. I feel like what you're saying about um, fiction is that there's an emotional element to it that maybe isn't inherently there for uh, nonfiction. And so I think that's an important element. And I love what you said, Megan, about how we can get our hard, our heart can get hardened if all we're doing is just consuming information. And so the balance with that emotional side and i love that the fact that the fiction can bring that so i think it fiction really is an important element in rethinking humanity because it helps us to be able to empathize empathize which is or empathize excuse me which is what sonia said earlier you know how is it that how does that play a role and that's such a huge and a very important part of being human we need empathy and we need to give empathy um, to each other as human beings. So I really like that. And that's not something I really thought deeply about until now. Yeah, I mean, fiction, one of the great things about fiction too is that it creates a community. So I don't know, we do uh, Takeover Tuesdays um, where we have like people in the community and they come on and tell us about their favorite books. And sometimes people come on and they'll only talk about nonfiction. It's the Yang Gang, so we have a lot of nonfiction. <laughs> you know, we like to think hard. Um, yeah. We have people come on and all they talk about is fiction. And this past one, it was, um, uh, who was it? Oh, I can't remember who it was. It was Mayak. It was Mayak T. I feel like I'm saying his name wrong. Um, but he talked about like science fiction and it was, he loved talking to people about it and it created this sense of community because sci science fiction and like fantasy, especially those authors are world builders. They build these intricate worlds um, mm. that mm. some of them have zero basis in reality. So they're really making things up and it's incredible yeah. and people get really into it. And it's like, it creates this sense of community because you're like, oh, I read all of these books too. What was your favorite? Or let's talk about, and it was so cool because on all of the, in the thread, there was people being like, I read this book too. Um, Andrew Yang commented for the first time on one of ours. He'll read them sometimes, but he actually commented on the very first one and said, I loved that book. You know, and <laughs> so it's like, you know, so it's, it's so cool because fiction can create this like 
community. Uh, mm. I mean, most famous people think about is like Harry Potter, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that created a huge community um, of people who are like super mm. into the books. Um, I'm still making my way through them. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're super into the books, but then within like even smaller communities, um, you know, and I think that's that's another really cool thing about fiction is you you do find um, something that you immediately have something in common with somebody. And I think common ground, which was another thing we went over, oh <laughs> um, finding common ground, I think, especially now is just really important. You know, I think we get so we're all on political Twitter. Mm -hmm. um, it's so caught up in political Twitter that we yeah. can that we have other things in common besides this person that we all got behind. Um, and when we forget that, mm -hmm. we just start focusing on what we don't have in common and we mm -hmm. start fighting. And I think one of the great things that we're trying to do as the book club and as a community is figure out what we do have in common. And a lot of us have books in common. A lot of us have a favorite mm -hmm. series, um, you know, or like nonfiction, you guys connect over nonfiction, you know, mm -hmm. and so like, that's just like this, I think books can foster this like deep connection um, mm -hmm. and you guys, we're talking about this earlier is like looking for connection. I think books yes. is a great way to do that. Yeah. Um, I also love the fact that you bring up the diversity. I think what's we're living in a time, it's really important to hear from different authors, you know, different genders. I do think that's also another way to bring the community together because mm -hmm. the themes are gonna be similar even, but hearing that in another voice, I think is important. Yeah. yeah. Definitely a big priority, um, you know, going forward. Like, we're we're excited to like plan out our whole year next year. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, yeah, definitely diversity. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. Um, so yeah, Sonia, what what are some other thoughts that you have about how books and reading can help us rethink humanity? Um, I mean, exactly what uh, I guess Megan's talking about is this idea of bringing us together. And I think there's themes. I thought about this when you were talking about the fiction. I think there's themes that, that resonate through great works of fiction that are going to be timeless, that we can always be talking about. And I think when you, I, I also think books are a safe place. We're talking about we live in this information age, right? And you're getting all this yeah. data and the political and the polarization but a book is safe and you can come together and talk about that and talk about the characters in the book and have relate to that and, and maybe their struggles. And so it's a safe place for people to do that and to, to have that connection with one another. Yeah. The community uh, element I think is awesome. Go ahead, Kateri. Um, well, that was definitely uh, one of our, another big reason that we started the book club was the idea of us being so passionate about the movement that we'd all been a part of and like you know after yang having dropped out like where do we go from here um mm -hmm. a book club is such a great way to bring people in to you know what you're trying to do um you know i think there can be this element of frustration when we're like oh we're just trying to give people money <laughs> why don't you care like why don't you like this um something like that but um but you know, you kind of—it's hard to. Every there's so many different perspectives in the world, and you just you know. So to, in order to get people to come in, uh, uh, you know, bring people in, like having something like a safe space, like a like a book club, um, mm -hmm. being like, I want to hear your ideas. Here are my ideas. You mm -hmm. have to have that 
common ground, that equal ground. So yeah, I I personally had never seen it be done before where you, the idea of, you know, I think book club tends to get put into this box of like, (laughs) I don't know, suburban white women. (laughs) (laughs) Getting day drunk on their settees. (laughs) So, you know, we really wanted to do our own thing from that. even though like, I think like Oprah's book club is like really actually awesome. I never really was a part of it, but you Mm -hmm. know, like she seems to pick really great books and like more recently has had more of a political bent, you know? So I think there's a lot of just, um, you know, uh, people just assuming things, but, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, for us, that's the goal is to have a book club that uh, challenges you to, to read outside of something you might normally read if you're a reader Mm -hmm. or just creates that safe space for anyone to come together and talk about ideas. You know, our, our sort of criteria is just like, we're just picking books that have to do with uh, humanity that have to do with the big issues facing humanity. Mm -hmm. So like poverty is an issue. Um, Climate change is an issue. Racial injustice is an issue, you know, so we're not a partisan, Mm -hmm. um, book club but we are political in the sense that you know we care about the world and the state of humanity and 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 what we can do in a positive way mm-hmm. yeah and it's a, it's a great forum obviously to perpetuate like let's think differently let's think at together about how we can solve problems or strengthen our bonds as human beings strengthen our connection. You know, I was, I was actually thinking, you know, the other night I was reading another one of Eric Fromm's book. He's written, he's written so many. And I read that, I always read his stuff and I'm like, why is this guy dead, man? Like, can he be alive in my age right now? But anyway, I was like, okay, I was thinking about, there were certain things like I know I thought about, I'm like, I don't know if I agree with this and whatever. And then I think about current writers who are writing similar things or writing about philosophers that he wrote about, like Spinoza is one of them. And I'm like, okay, I kind of think about it. Like this might sound like a weird way to say it, but it's like a preservation of their brain in a way, like for, (laughs) for people, for authors who've passed, you know, because it's like, we have your ideas. We have a pass, uh, like a, a secret passageway, not a secret passageway, but we have a, a way to get into your thoughts because you wrote them down. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so, so it's a valuable way to, to know, like to maintain and pass along knowledge. I think that's what I'm trying to say. And for, to be able to build on it with the new information that we get as time goes on. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, the the cool thing about that, too, is that even though he's gone, he's still changing the world. Right. He's still helping helping to change the world. And I think that's like I think that's really dope. (laughs) But you have to have people like you, you know, like you're one of the the top things that we love that came out of the Yang Gang, you know, like the idea of like, we're just going to like we're going to take this energy and we're going to turn it into something else like you know like a tree where there's branches mm-hmm. and they go in different directions but they all come yeah. in the same place and so yeah like you know but uh his books are changing the world but they're only changing the world kind of like back what megan said earlier 
as long as there's people who are willing to like take it and bring it into the world and in some mm -hmm. way or mm -hmm. form. So yeah, so I think it's super awesome what you guys are doing. Yeah, we're happy cool. to be a part of it in some way. Yeah, you know, what's, I was thinking what I love about book clubs. Period is when one reads a book. I have my perspective, but hearing your perspective. Uh, hearing Lacey's perspective or Katari's, I love that because it makes me think differently, which you don't get when it's just you and your space. You, It's nice to share that. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Yeah, it's like, I, I like book clubs because book clubs are one of the only spaces I feel like where you don't have an echo chamber. You, mm. It's like a safe space to disagree with. <laughs> exactly. Because mm. what are the stakes? Like what are what are the stakes if you disagree over this right. character or this theme, or right. you know what I mean? And so it, it's kind of this really safe space to like disagree with each other. Yeah, and I love learning. Like for example, you said Wuthering Heights. I may have a perspective, and then I hear Megan's like, "Oh, but I think this is what's going on." That makes me think, "I didn't. I never thought of it that way." Or that's exciting. It opens a whole nother avenue to look at the book yeah. in a different way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, do you guys want to want us to go through some of the yes yes so far yeah okay. let's see what you've done so far yeah. um okay well Megan I'll let you do I'll start with the first one I guess so we had made which we did did okay. mention so made by Stephanie Land which is being turned into a Netflix mm -hmm. show what that's awesome yes. got it off um okay. yeah, yeah so this is a memoir of a woman who. Uh, you know, became a single mom, ended up having to live off of like welfare. Um, and then, you know, she had to also be a maid to, to get by. And it, so it's just kind of a memoir of, of like living kind of below the poverty line and like, you know, and, and being a single mom. And it's just, it's like heartbreaking, but also very hopeful, you know, it has like a happy ending. Mm -hmm. um, and so this is one of those perfect middle ground where if you're not so sure about about fiction um i would definitely recommend like picking up a memoir because it does a great job at you know being evocative and and pulling at your heartstrings and feeling empathy empathy for someone um mm -hmm. stephanie actually has a or i don't know if she's still doing it but at one point she had a like mission to like get her book in onto congress people's desks you know like mm -hmm. <laughs> read about poor people like actually mm -hmm. about you know what it what it means to live that life and and have to be at the whims of the system so that was a really great read thank you yeah. <laughs> yes. that's amazing what a cool story and i have to say she is so impressive i i'm just i was incredibly impressed and overwhelmed by how awesome she is um on the campaign trail so I love it that uh, you guys had that connection and, and this book is sounds like something that would just like goes right along with everything that we are hoping to promote and, and see come out of uh, what we're doing. So that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Stephanie also is a really impressive person, um, honestly. And I, so I'm a big memoir person. I, I read fiction and I read memoirs. Um, and, I, and I always say a good memoirist makes you forget that it's not fiction. <laughs> Ah, I mean, that's, that's that's, yeah, because they're storytelling. So I will throw out mm -hmm. my favorite memoirist, Augustine Burroughs. Favorite memoirist. So okay. you guys, I think he's a good one to start with because he is 
very good storyteller and his life is so outrageous. <laughs> um, cool. So those are a really good one. Um, but our second book that we did was uh, this one, right? You know, never read that. So our first month was like a nod to Evelyn, and then our second month was a nod to the man himself, Andrew Yang. Yeah. 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 And I would yes, it's so good. And I would recommend. So I actually listened to the audiobook while I was reading it. Um, yeah. and he, he does a great job. He only messes up like a few times. This one was kind of a nod. A lot of people had already read this one, which was kind of nice because as we're just starting out, we didn't know how many people were actually going to get into it. So it's kind of mm -hmm. cool to start with a book that a lot of people had already read or listened to. Um, yeah. And I will say too, like audiobooks is a form of reading. Like it that's totally is. Don't, yes. don't read audiobooks. That's reading. Yes. Come on. Some people are like, oh, I, I listen to the audiobook. I'm like, that's fine. Like yeah. some people don't have the attention span to sit. Honestly, I have ADHD. Sometimes nonfiction books are very hard for me to focus on. Yeah. And so sometimes the audiobook just helps for some reason that like that mm -hmm. uh audio stimulus is like way easier for me um mm -hmm. yeah, so this one really really good i'm not gonna go super into it because i feel like a lot of people know yeah um, but he he just he really truly does and not just because i like him as a person he really truly does write this in a really good way and gives you yeah. a lot of good information mm -hmm. um so kind of a good i think a good book to start off with yeah. i have a question for for everybody here because we all know we've all read that book um, did that book make you feel emotion in a way that a nonfiction book doesn't normally do? Oh, I mean, yeah. yeah. Because that's what, that was like <laughs> the last chapter. I'm like, what do I do? Literally <laughs> into the audio book. And I was like, where do I sign up? And then <laughs> what I do is go hold up signs at the, you know, the corner of Boulevard and Freedom Parkway and bam, like the crazy story that was my life this past year and a half or so began. So, I mean, it, it, to me, it's amazing how he wrote so well and brought in all the facts and all the information, all the data, but yet had the emotional element in there to help you feel the weight of the reality of what he was trying to, to paint the picture of. Yeah, that sense of urgency too that he mm -hmm. wrote in there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that yeah. sense of urgency just like gets me. <laughs> I went and bought like five and mailed them out, I think. <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah. I mean, that's like something that we've even thought of like doing at a certain point. Like, you know, if say he runs again, you know, like we have we have thoughts and plans on like what we could oh, do. How you could do it. Now. So nice. Cool. Um, and actually for our third month, I believe, yeah, we did, um, we did not do a book our third month. We, it was like starting to hit a peak with COVID season. And so we knew mm -hmm. getting, getting books was hard. Affording books was even, you know, hard for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, and we had done Evelyn Andrews. So we focused on, you know, the rest of his family. So we actually chose to do neurodiversity, 
Um, so we read, we read some like really awesome articles and stuff. And so that was just a really fun thing to do. And I, I think probably in the future, we'll, we'll probably do another month, kind of something like that, you know, just to make it have that month where it's like really accessible. And so we just pick a few articles and, and read it. Um, so that was, a, that was really cool. And then the next month we had our UBI month. So we partnered with Scott Santens and mm -hmm. this one's going to be hard not to go on and on about. So I'll try to keep it brief. I love mm -hmm. making it. <laughs> um, kindness, dismantling the welfare system to end poverty mm. in America by mm. Teresa Fidicello. Mm -hmm. This was just one of the hugest highlights and honors of this whole, uh, like will be of my life at this point. Um, yeah. but you know, Scott was awesome to, to pick it and say, you know, you know, I'll help you out that month and then said, Hey, I actually talked with Teresa and she'd love to come on. So you can come, you can go to our channel and see that that discussion. And actually, so this is one of the biggest things I believe that got him into UBI in the first place. Mm -hmm. And they hadn't really connected before that interview. So that interview is them like, we mostly just sat back. Sat and back. and yeah. that is them talking for the first time. So it's just like, it's really cool. Um, and this book is like, I can totally see why he was like, we have to, it's it's one of the best books for UBI in a way, even though it only goes into it at the end because okay. it's this is, book is about poverty. Um, mm -hmm. And it's about our, our, our country's inability to, um, and, and essentially unwillingness to address it in mm -hmm. a, meaningful way and also dispelling all of the myths around welfare um so yes this is definitely a highlight can a you highlight. say the author's name teresa, teresa funicciello it's oh, like oh. i guess that, 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 yeah awesome. so. you might have you might have to search around for it a little bit <laughs> it's yeah. it is on amazon it was hard. like it, I, that's the one bookshop link we don't have because it's not on there it's mm. a the year we were born. <laughs> okay. We were born. Yeah. I was I was about to say sorry Carrie. I was about to remind everybody that all of these books that you're talking about you can buy on the bookshop. Give uh, a percentage of the money goes to a local bookstore and back to uh, Yang Gang uh, book club. So uh, minus the one we just talked about, if you are yeah. interested in these books, please go to bookshop.org/shop/yanggang, well, YGBC. Yang Gang yes. book club. But I will say we did pick an extra book that month. That's the one time we've done that because um, Crisis 2038 by Gerald Huff. Um, mm -hmm. Giselle, his mom, the former Gerald Huff, um, this was published yeah. posthumously. Um, but mm -hmm. I think a lot of us know about Giselle, um, who is amazing. Uh, and she had messaged us and sent us the link because this is actually um, free to listen to on SoundCloud. And it's a really good audio book. Oh and it's gosh. really good. <laughs> Um, this is essentially this book in actually happens fiction form. So the future that this book predicts Damn, actually cool. happens in this book and it's wow. a story and there mm -hmm. is an amazing, like talk about empathy and also call to action. There is an amazing, or two amazing female heroines in this that are, you know, the catalysts for that movement that happens here, which is the UBI movement. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Like if you are yanging, I will shame you a little bit. If you are yanging and you haven't read this and you can get the SoundCloud link, like you're missing out. You need to read this. Like, come on. Oh, what a cool yeah. idea. I love it. It's so, so good. It's, uh, yeah. 
literally it is the war on normal people as if nobody listened like absolutely no one listened no one did anything (laughs) I, i was thinking about this today actually about how powerful it is slash would be to have like the fiction form of the nonfiction of, of what Andrew Yang is saying. Right. So here it is. It is. Um, but, but it's just, it's a powerful way to illustrate things. And I can't remember who I was talking to, but I mentioned to them that there was a guy who worked on the campaign, Andrew Frawley, who had written some nonfiction, sorry, fiction um, about like basic income. So uh, fiction on, with basic income stories. And I was like, this is such a good idea. This is so important. So I bet that is a very impactful uh, book. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember. So next was my favorite, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is an uprising. So this is the one I brought up before. Um, yeah. uh, this is by Mark and Paul Engler. Um, so this is an uprising, how nonviolent revolt is shaping the 21st century. And mm-hmm. our thinking with this was we just wanted, this is when um, there were a lot of the uh, protests for mm-hmm. after George Floyd, um, yeah. the protests for, um, you know, the shutdowns and all of that. And we were kind of thinking like, how do you change things? Because mm-hmm. I feel like we're always protesting. I feel like we have these protests every year or every few years. And I, we're kind of just, we were wondering like, is there, there, is there a manual? <laughs> is there a manual for this kind of thing? Um, and this is basically it. I think uh, Giselle uh, told us about this one. Okay. Um, she said, this is definitely um, what you're looking for. And it is, it's essentially a manual for how to create a movement and how to affect change. And I think the most important thing we got from this was that you can't be a single issue movement and make things happen. You have to team up with other people. Mm-hmm. For example, with UBI, UBI, I think the best movement we should get with with UBI is a climate change movement. I think if we were to work with like the Sunrise Movement, for example, if we were to work mm-hmm. with them, um, UBI and climate change go hand in hand, <laughs> you know, because if people had mm-hmm. extra money, they could make more sustainable choices. They wouldn't be yeah. commuting as often, um, yep. you know, and so, and if they can make more sustainable choices, that also means not giving money to like Amazon. Mm-hmm. Some of the companies yep. that are creating a lot of this pollution that is causing climate change to happen. Um, it's, yeah. it's essentially putting that power kind of back in our hands. And so that's one of the things that we really wanted people to get out of this book was that UBI is super important, but we have to be willing to work with other people and build coalitions because we need to get all of these things done and we can't do it one at a time. <laughs> we have to, we have mm. to work together. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Excellent point. Also to kind of what we were saying earlier on that book, like with, and with Rethinking Humanity, like we said, we really think that that book should be taught in high school, like mandatory, like to think that if more youth had that knowledge um, and were able to, to take that and go forward with it, like it just, I don't know, it, like, I feel like, I, I think back to like uh, my government class and like how that was taught. And it was just like these basic things about the government, you know, and it's like, 
that's the stuff that you need to be taught in government class. Like, how do you actually like if, if it's if we're a democracy, mm -hmm. then you need to mm -hmm. educate people how to run their democracy, you know, and it's like, so yeah, I think for, for me, one of the biggest takeaways from that book and this book club is is that is, you know, we need to be learning how to work our democracy. <laughs> well, that's uh, a great point. I was thinking how we feel so disconnected. And you really inspired me about that book. I'm going to read it. It's so good. It's so, like I and talk to us about it afterwards because I will talk your ear off about it and I will listen to you because I I really if I could I asked this question once on Twitter. If you could recommend if you could force someone to read one book, yes. <laughs> what would you force people to read? And that was that's one of the that's, that's the book. And that's the one. I think it's very wow. I think it's I think it's very important at this time for us to have that knowledge. It's like you're arming yourself, right? Mm -hmm. You're arming yourself with these tools to to then participate in our democracy. We, as people, we have the power. We just forgot that. We right. forgot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Um, and then August was The Future Earth by Eric Holthaus, which I mentioned earlier. Um, and so this was our, you know, say like, you know, we got to think about climate change. Like we can't just be a one issue kind of community um, and we need to, it's not, it's not just about saying like, yeah, I, I support climate change or, you know, I support climate change. I support climate change, you know, trying to end that or reverse okay. it, you know, yeah. I support that. Like, you can't just say like, you can't just say it. Like you have to like understand it. And we were like, yeah, we don't really understand it. So <laughs> let's understand it. Um, and this book though, is not like a history of, of climate change or like, you know, that it, that's not that book. It definitely goes into some of that, but it's relatively short. Um, this is a book that essentially writes um, the way that we, we as a species end climate change or combat it as if it were a history. Mm. Um, so it's like writing the future that we need to achieve, but as a history. Um, so you're kind of, you get to a certain point where you're reading it and you're like, wait, wait, that didn't happen. Then you realize, oh, like this is 2024, mm -hmm. um, you know? So we're not there yet. So it's, um, and it also uh, just like gives you what the fight is in a way that everyone can get on board with because it, it mentions UBI. It says, mm -hmm. you know, climate change has to be about addressing the problems of capitalism and it has to be about addressing racial inequality and social yeah. justice. You know, climate change cannot just be about the science and the facts. It has to be about all of these things yeah. that are the reason we're here in the first place, you know, like the way that we live, the way that we structure our lives mm -hmm. and, and our day-to-day -day lives, like that is a part of why we're here. And a lot of that is choices that we weren't as like normal people weren't able to make that were kind of made for us, but yeah. it's still, you still have to understand it, you know, just to mm -hmm. start. So that's, that was the, the light bulb for me and, and Megan as well with this one. Yeah. And I think kind of going back to like with you guys, with rethinking humanity, I think definitely this book in particular was definitely mm -hmm. rethinking humanity because he does go mm -hmm. into how we need to kind of deconstruct our society as a whole, mm -hmm. not just America, just in general, because we, mm -hmm. we don't trust each other anymore. And if you don't mm -hmm. trust each other, it's really hard to make the world better for someone else because all you're worried about is you. it's yourself. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. 
And so really he, he, the theme of his book really is rethinking humanity. Um, the mm -hmm. subtitle is a radical vision for what's possible in the age of warming, you know, so mm -hmm. it, there's a lot of like hard truths in here, but a lot yeah. of hope and talking to him, he said, that's what he wanted. He wanted it to be a hopeful thing. And he, he actually said it started out as a choose your own adventure book. I don't know if you guys remember those, like you would yeah, it, I do. totally. Yeah. Yeah, it started off as one of those, <laughs> mm -hmm. and then it, it kind of turned into like what it is. But it, it was kind of like this is what happens if we don't do something, and this is what happens if we do. But it's That's not cool. just the things you think about, like oh, recycling or growing your own garden or buying used clothes. Like no, he. That, that is important, but that's not what he's talking about in this book. He is really talking about a whole restructuring of society as we know it. And a lot of that he does talk about in the book. And he also, in real life, talks a lot about that with uh, work with indigenous peoples. Um, you know, is that like they know the earth and they know how to coexist with yeah. the earth. Um, You know, and so he talks a lot about exactly what you, your guys' theme is as a whole is, you know, rethinking humanity. Mm, that sounds cool. good. I know Leitina, yeah. I have discussed about the indigenous people and the civilizations, how they lived previously and how we've moved away from that. So that's cool. I got to look at that one too. Oh, yeah. so good. So then our next one, we're almost there guys, uh, was mm -hmm. Union. <laughs> Um, which we had a lot of first-time authors with our books, by the way. A lot of these people are first-time authors. Um, and these, this is a group of uh, two best friends, not a group, two best friends. <laughs> so this is called Union, a Democrat, a Republican, and a Search for Common Ground um, mm -hmm. by Jordan Bla Blaschek. He said it weird than, I, than I've always said it. <laughs> I, said it I said it weird. Um, and Christopher Huff, uh, hearing them say it, I kept saying it one way in my head and then I heard them say it and I was like, I've been butchering this. <laughs> but essentially these are two best friends. So they didn't start off as best friends. They met at um, law school and they uh, met through some other friends and became like kind of tentative friends almost uh, because they thought they were too different. They were a Democrat and a Republican and they just had really different views, but they did enjoy each other's company and they did kind of enjoy arguing with each other <laughs> like towards the beginning. Um, but essentially Jordan has to like go across the country for a wedding, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And he just asks Chris, like, kind of last second, like, hey, do you want to come? And he's like, okay, cool. And so they set off on this road trip and kind of accidentally fell into making the book um, because they would have these conversations with people during their stops and kind of realizing that, like, people have a lot more common ground than we think. And especially because this was uh, in 2016 when they started. And so this was around Donald Trump first being, you know, <laughs> elected and all of that. And it was, I mean, I remember during that time and I was like so afraid of everybody because I was like, I don't know what to say. I'm afraid anything I say is going to offend everybody around me. <laughs> you know, and I lived in the South at this time too. So it was very like, it was different because I grew up in the North and like, I was just so used to just speaking whatever I wanted, saying whatever mm -hmm. I wanted. You know? um, mm -hmm. But the people I was around were just, I remember being like, oh, I'm so upset about this. And they're like, why, whatever. Um, but this was around that time. <laughs> and so they actually, one of the first stories is they went to a Trump rally. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, they actually had this incredible story actually of like, 
actually being there and hearing him talk and the command that he had over the room and how he actually is a very powerful speaker and that everyone just pays attention and like hangs off of his every word. Um, and then how like when they were out in the crowd, how like most of the interactions that they saw were just people talking to each other. But the only thing that like the media really shows is like people yelling at each other or people like punching each other or, you know, the police, yeah. you know. Um, and so they were, I, they were kind of like, you know what, we want more stories like this. And so for like the next three years, they took road trips and kind of lived on the road part time while also working full time. Um, mm. and just talk to people. And so it kind of starts off. The stories were really about them towards the beginning. And then as you get closer to like the middle and the end, it's just these beautiful stories of people all across America. You got truckers in there. It, as you're reading the book, I was kind of like, wow, this sounds like the Yang Gang. Because um, <laughs> we have so many different people. Yeah. Um, it's just a beautiful story about, you know, them kind of setting off like with the intent of listening and learning and coming to the conversation not to be right. Like, I'm not having this conversation with you to be right. I'm here to listen. Yeah. Um, that's basically what the book was about. And we thought it was really important right now mm -hmm. um, to talk about that. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. Cool. It's a really good one. Um, and so then we're on to October. So we are doing Dread Nation uh, by Justina Ireland. We've talked about this. It's a, So this is post-Civil uh, War Reconstruction era with okay. zombies. So the, you know, right, the, the Civil War was kind of ended because of the, the dead rose and, and then there, you know, the, the history is still the same where, you know, the, the, like the slaves were freed. Um, but then they started, she, she put, brings history in an interesting way where, you know, you have uh, actually like Indian, um, schools, like you, if you know that history where uh, Indians were forced to go to schools and had their culture taken away from them. Well, mm -hmm. that inspired this where um, mainly black and indigenous people are forced to go to schools where they have to learn to fight the dead. Um, and mm -hmm. then it gets even more insidious where, you know, she ends up being forced to go to this, this town that they're trying to make this like utopia town Um and so it's it, there's so many elements of history of real life of our society and our system but they're just portrayed in a story and you know you have this relatable awesome young heroine who is she's such a great character she's got this great um frenemy who ends up becoming a friend and you know it's just like it's such a lovable story but it's so evocative it's really political i love when it's YA fiction, but it's incredibly political. It has, there's wow. so much here. I don't know if you can see yeah. all of the earmarks. So it's like, <laughs> a lot to discuss. Yeah. Which is, uh, we're actually doing it on Halloween. We're going to do yeah. it. Oh, cool. Uh, nice. Afternoon. Um, so yeah, and then I can really quickly introduce our November book. Why not? Ooh, big news. Yay, November. <laughs> <laughs> we are reading no. A Mind Spread Out on the Ground by Alicia Elliott, which is a collection of essays. And Megan has already started it. So, Megan, you should tell us what you think so far. Oh, my gosh. It is <laughs> so good. Um, so it is she, the author herself, doesn't necessarily she doesn't like it to be called a memoir because this is a collection of essays. And I really like this style, actually. Um, I, 
of writing. I don't know. It just seems more personal because she's she's taking these like not just like big moments in her life, but also she weaves a lot of like knowledge and information outside of her life too that really like lends into the story. So she's almost showing how you put knowledge into action, really. Um really cool. Um, but she is, I wish she's half white, half, um, oh, what was the, because I, I want to give her specific, I can't remember what, she, but she's like half indigenous. Um, I just can't remember what tribe she was in. I really wanted to, anyways, but she kind of split her time between like the United States and Canada. Oh, Canada. Um, and what I found so interesting so far is that I didn't realize how how much racial tension there was between Canadians and the indigenous people. Mm, yeah, there are. I didn't realize that mm -hmm. because I, I'm always yeah. so focused on the racial issues we have in America that I kind mm -hmm. of forgot or just didn't, I don't know, just didn't realize, I guess, that like, yeah other countries also have these issues sure. and she talks about that a lot too and it's been very very eye-opening for me um mm -hmm. but she also talks a lot about her struggles um as a minority with mental health issues um and struggling with mental illness um both herself and with her family which is something like i can really relate to um and so that's really cool. So even a mind spread out on the ground, kind of like a sneak peek for you guys, that actually comes from a saying. And I'm not going to try to say it. Um, I might look it up how to say it. <laughs> well, I can read the back. It says the, it's a Mohawk phrase for depression can be roughly translated to a mind spread out on the ground, which was like yeah. when we learned that we were like, oh, yeah, oh that's beautiful. That's yeah. So I mean, cool. Yeah, and it's just kind of full of full of that. Um, but it's just it's it's a really beautiful story. I was kind of saying beforehand before we got on tonight that I have the most notes I think that I've ever written on any of the books that we've done, um, just because I just I, it's just very beautifully written. And also, I'm a very aesthetic person when it comes to like choosing books. <laughs> it's very aesthetically pleasing, and the cover is so soft. <laughs> Oh, cool. <laughs> You're not supposed to judge a book by its cover, Megan. <laughs> I do that. I do, I do that. <laughs> I know, but I'm I'm a used bookstore kind of person. And I feel like when you're in a used bookstore, you kind of do judge books by their cover because you kind of go for the most interesting ones. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. That's kind yeah. of how we have been trained in our very materialistic product oriented world. <laughs> it's hard to fight that urge of like, I don't really like the cover. I don't, I'm not interested. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, this one, I just think it's, it's a very beautiful book and we just definitely wanted, um, you know, going back to what we were saying earlier, we want to, we want more diversity in what we're reading because we can't just read one perspective. Sure. Um, so. Yeah. Cool. A lot of these books that are like, that kind of feel very gang gang. I mean, it's great to, we get a lot of recommendations, but we did notice that there's a pattern that a lot of them are written by. Oh, yeah white men and so mm -hmm. it, you know mm -hmm. we wanted to make sure we didn't fall into any trap like that so we're, we're this one next that's yeah. awesome i love that that's amazing well we just got a really cool tour of your you know almost first year well i guess seven months so first half of the year 
of the Yang Gang book club and the books that you've chosen and read. And I'm, there's several that I'm like, got to get that one. Got it. Yes. I mean, as if we don't have our piles of books, all four of us anyway, that we were, before we went live, we were like, Oh, let me go get my book pile. We'll share what we've been reading. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. And I, that's one of the things that like, eventually we want to do is have like real in real life chapters. And because oh, yeah. it, it's great doing the live streams, but I want to hear from other people. Like I, 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 a lot of times during the live streams, one of, I think this is the only downside is people are mainly hearing like my perspective and Kateri's perspective. <laughs> And we do try to have people chime in in the chat and we try to talk about it on the Twitter. But I think like that's, that is the one struggle of having an online book club. And so hopefully when it's safe, <laughs> we can have these like real life chapters where you guys can like talk about it. Cause I get, I get so excited when I talk about books. Like I'm one of those people, I talk a lot anyways, a lot of times on our live streams, Kateri has to be like, Megan, stop talking. <laughs> but it's because when I'm passionate about something, I physically can't stop myself. And I think that I, I think that also that passion can be like contagious. And when you're talking to someone about this, you're like, I never read that book. I want to read this now. Or, you know, like what you were saying earlier, Sonia, about like you might have a different perspective. And that's I never would have thought of that. Um, and so that's something that we definitely want to do in the future. I want to I think that. that's a great idea and I think it'll build community which is something that we want to see more of Sonia and I based on mm -hmm. what we're learning about rethinking humanity and how we need to rethink humanity so building the connections and the community I think that's perfect and I think to say that Yang runs again in 2024 you already have a built inherent community of people who can promote the values and the platform um, you know that we all want to see become you know, at the center stage of our country. So I love it that you wanted to do that. I think it's a great idea. And that was actually one of the early, you know, early on, um, you know, the founding staff people were like, if you don't know what to do, but you really want to support the campaign and, you know, you just don't know what to do, have a book circle, like do a book club with Andrew Yang's book. You know what I'm saying? Like, just talk about the book, talk about the ideas, you know? And so I think that is a great idea. And I think I, I want to be a part of that too, because there's so much good that comes out of uh, the community element of that. For sure. Well, we'd love to yeah. have you. Yeah. <laughs> you can step to the Atlanta chapter. There I have just one curious question for each of you. You're both young. Is there a book you can tell me that impacted you as a youth or teenager that you could say influenced you, affected yeah. you? I mean, I'm just going to unashamedly say The Hunger Games because, oh, okay. um, I mean, Harry Potter was huge, but that was like, that was my imagination, you know, like that was, well, actually the, the books get more political as they go on. But having a hero, having someone like Katniss Everdeen, who it wasn't that she was um, a fighter, like a media loves to mm -hmm. lean into that she was a fighter. Uh, one of the most, you know, like thrilling moments if you've read the books, which uh, I didn't think the movie did it justice, but yeah. is um, when she actually uses like the fashion as a political statement. 
Um, you know, and the way that, that those books get into the role of the media, like those books are incredibly political. Um, I haven't read them since I was a kid and I don't really plan to, I kind of want to like keep them in that yeah, special place. But yeah, the idea of, of seeing how someone like me could change the world and see, and, and being introduced to a story that wasn't just about, you know, um, exciting you know, dragons and, 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 you know, castles and stuff like that, but being introduced to a story that was, that was political, like it was actually hugely influential uh, at the time. Cool. I remember those books. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I kind of had, I'm just going to go off like the first, I had two that kind of popped into my head. Um, so 1984. Wow. Um, by George Orwell. I was a very avid reader as a as a kid and as a teen, um, and so I, <laughs> I mean, nineteen eighty four. I feel like it's kind of heavy for a teenager to read. Yeah. Um, but I I loved it, and even now, like to this day, you can ask Kateri if someone asks what one of my favorite books is. I always say nineteen eighty four, and I'm kind of the same way. I haven't really read it since then because I feel like mm -hmm. how I felt about it then was just kind of like. It was a, it's a fiction book, but it it feels real <laughs> in a really scary way. Yeah. And I just remember thinking like we can't let our life get here. Um, yeah. And the other one is Wuthering Heights. And the reason oh, yeah. I say that we were talking about this before we got on today. I collect copies of Wuthering Heights. I have like three or four. Uh, Kateri just got me a graphic novel one too. Um, <laughs> uh, another great way to. Yeah. <laughs> Another good way to make connections. You could send each other books um, and help the mail. Uh, <laughs> but Wandering Heights for me, so as like someone who loves English, um, I feel like a lot of people, a lot of times in, in academia English, you have to read classics and you have to read like the canon. And they're just kind of boring. <laughs> like a lot of them kind of are. They were to me. I just had a very hard time getting into them. Um, and Wuthering Heights isn't super in that. It's kind of on the outskirts. And I've always kind of felt, and as I've always felt that I'm an outskirts kind of person because I was a very angsty teen. Um, I loved like Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, and so Wuthering Heights, when I read that, I, I was like, Oh, so like classic literature can actually be really interesting <laughs> and like have like this big depth to it. And then when I got to college, what made Wuthering Heights mean even more to me was I got to like research the Bronte sisters um, and their life. And you kind of see how their lives influence their fiction. Um, oh, yeah. and, and Wuthering Heights has just these incredible themes um, in them, and it was a, the first time I read a story that didn't really have a hero or a heroine. There is no hero in Wuthering Heights. There is no heroine in Wuthering Heights. In fact, most of the characters don't really have any redeemable qualities, <laughs> and that's kind of true to life. Like, there's not always right, a right. Like, it's not like a happy ending thing. No, and that's. <laughs> I remember reading that and being like there's no happy ending to this. And yet I still somehow feel fulfilled, <laughs> you know? Um, and so it was the first time I read a classic and really thought, okay, this is something I can get behind. So it's, it's cool. not, it wasn't political or anything, but it was just very like poignant and it has always stuck with me. That's awesome. 
thank you. Cool. What about you guys? Ooh, uh, mm. I told Lacey earlier to kill a mockingbird. Um, gosh, there's so many. I, I read a lot as a child. And so it's funny what you guys said, because when I go back, I tried to go back and read something. It's not the same as when you're, you know, in that space of growing up. It's a, it's a whole different, um, I don't know, experience. So I don't yeah. like, I don't want to ruin it. Like catcher, what's it? The cat catcher, right? Yeah. There's just books that just stay with you. And I thought it's not going to be the same if I read them. <laughs> so I, I don't have uh, off the top of my head an answer that I think is as good as, well, is as appropriate as y'all's, but I will say that I did read this book. I was going to say that one too. Yeah, I, God, I freaking love this book. I've read this maybe like a, a year and a half or two ago. And I was like, Oh my God. I mean, I love how at the end, do I need to not say this? Cause I don't want to ruin it for people. <laughs> spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. spoiler. I love how at the end he finds his tribe basically. Like, mm -hmm. I love that. And I learned so much from it um, because it's like when you stand up for what you really believe in, you think you might be all alone, but you're not. You're going to find, you find your tribe, you know, this is such an excellent book. So, so I, have to say, I have to say one more thing. In the beginning, yeah. we were talking to Victor and he said he cried, right? With, you know, one time oh, yeah. reading something. Yeah. I remember in fourth grade, um, our Ooh. teacher read us where the red fern grows. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. And I cried because we, we that were was the, first, <laughs> That was the first book to make me cry. How funny. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. But going back to the audio, it was so cool every day. That was a special time where she'd open up the book and read. And I was like, oh, I could have, I wish she'd read for hours. <laughs> yes. Reading yeah. time in the day, man. That's one of the best ways teachers can spend their time with their kids. Oh, read. Yeah. Just read to the kids. That's, that's oh, yeah. all. Yeah. Well, you ladies are wonderful. And I yeah. am so happy that the Yang Gang has you to you know, lead and be a part of the community um, with books and sharing and knowledge. And it's just, it's really, really cool what you ladies have done. And I really appreciate what you're doing. I want you to keep going. I know that you will. Um, but thank you so much. And mm -hmm. I am so glad that we are like, we are partners in crime, guys. It's <laughs> <Yes. laughs> awesome. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Tony. No, thank you. Um, all the stuff we talked about, and I've got this list now of books I got to read. Yes. Yay. <laughs> lots, lots of stuff. So, yay. Um, so, thank you guys again so much. And um, I'm excited that we got a chance to talk about books. And I mean, I think it's very clear that, you know, when you read a book, it very much has the ability to change the whole trajectory of your life. And we didn't say that explicitly today, but we said it, it was very implicit that that's the case. And so that is the power of books. And that's why we don't need any houses burning down <laughs> as books, man. We, we need to keep them um, as alive as possible. But uh, again, ladies, appreciate you so much. Keep it up, keep up the awesome stuff. And, um, I'm sure we'll collab again at some point. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Sorry, my cat is knocking stuff down. <laughs> I heard that. 
<laughs> Clearly, it's, it's fun in the thing. The cat is attention. <laughs> great. Yeah, we would love to be back on, and we'd love to have you on as well. We can talk about your podcast and uh, and this the whole keep the rethinking humanity energy going. Yeah, absolutely. Yay. Oh, thank you, Manny. And thank you to the people who are listening and watching. And I love all the comments, you know, President Manny and uh, who else? James Ellers and and everybody who listened and was like, I want to comment, but I'm a little shy. Do it. Do it. (laughs) So, yeah. All right. Well, everybody, thank you so much for watching and being here. We send our love. Take care, please. Read. Read a book. Read a book from the book club and let's uh, yes. let's make ourselves think harder with the book. <laughs> All right. Have a great night, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.